0: I'm Rachel Perkins, and you're listening to the Nordic Nation podcast from Faster Skier. In this episode, we have Jake Atikoff and Sam Wood calling in from Lillehammer as the duo races as athlete and guide at the Paraworld Championships. Jake is a visually impaired athlete from Sun Valley who raced in both the 2014 Paralympics in Sochi as well as the 2018 Games in Pyeongchang. In Korea, he won a silver medal in the 10K Classic, as well as placing 4th in the Classic Sprint and 5th in the 20K Free. After retiring from professional skiing in 2018, Jake decided to return this season, setting goals for the upcoming 2022 Beijing Paralympics. At the time of the call, on Friday, January 21st, Jake had already earned a world championship gold medal in the 10K Classic and a bronze medal in the 15K Skate a few days later showing he is in top form and primed for success in Beijing. In this conversation, we get into the dynamic of the athlete guide partnership, as well as how being longtime friends and teammates has contributed to their success racing as a pair this season. Before we jump in, this episode is brought to you by Concept2 and the Concept2 SkiErg. Concept2 is the designer and manufacturer of the SkiErg, a training tool for Nordic skiing and for general fitness. Located in north central Vermont, the Concept2 family rows in the summer and skis in the winter. The skier grew out of the time-tested design of the Concept2 rowing machine. As dedicated skiers, we know this much is true. It's not always easy to get out on snow in the winter, or out on roller skis for that matter in the summer. The skier is a perfect dry land training option for skiers, or anybody looking to improve their fitness. The second generation skierg allows for a single stick and double pulling. Take your skiing and upper body conditioning to a new level with a ski erg. You can find more information about ski ergs and their PM5 performance monitors at concept2.com. Awesome. Um, so, to start, I'm, I'm hoping you can each kind of introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about where you each got your start in skiing. Um, so, Jake, I'm hoping you can maybe kick us off with that. Um, You know, I think you you grew up in Sun Valley and there's obviously a lot of different sports to choose from, um, in that area. So if you can kind of talk about, uh, just your, your background with, with cross-country skiing specifically and, and what it was maybe about that specific sport that has kept you engaged and, and drew you in.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, my parents moved the whole family to Sun Valley when I was like age five, um, They were all big downhill skiers, but my parents kind of recognized that that might not be the best sport for me. Um, So, uh, when I first could join like the ski teams in Sun Valley, um, that was like age seven, um, I was on both the development teams, um, which are really just about like getting outside and having fun in the winter. Um, And yeah, so I did that for a few years. and just started gravitating more towards cross-country skiing. I think, honestly, I had just a lot more friends um, on, the, on the cross-country team than on the downhill team, and was, you know, having a good time, like, building forts out in the woods, um, stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, just st- stuck with it, um, really started to, like, really love, you know, cross-country skiing. Um, and yeah, by, by the time I was like racing competitively in high school, I was, I was pretty deep in it, um, and not really going to leave. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, that was how it all started. Um, just those like early days with friends, um, outside.
0: And you continued racing through college. Um, you went, went to Bowden and skied for Bowden. Um, when was the first time you started working with a guide and, and what was your connection to us Paranordic?
1: Yeah. um, My first time working with a guide was, so I did a post-grad year in between high school and going to Bowdoin. Um, That was like a a games year. So the, you know, goal was to go and compete in Sochi. Um, So I was working with uh, another Sun Valley alum, um, Reed Pletcher, at the time. And yeah, we we spent the year um, working together, skiing together and um, yet yeah, did did end up going to Russia. Um, great experience. Pretty cool. Um, but that was that was the first that was like the intro to, to working with a guide and um, definitely have progressed a long way from there. Um, it's a lot more efficient now skiing, skiing with someone uh, than it was, but it was a, it was a good good introduction. He was a, he was a really fast and talented skier. And so, yeah.
0: And Sam, how about you? I think you were from Maine originally. So can you talk a little bit about your background in, in ski racing and, um, maybe how you ended up in, in Sun Valley?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in Maine, um, started skiing, Nordic skiing kind of competitively in like middle school. Um, so Maine has a great, uh, kind of high school skiing, middle school skiing programs. Um, so yeah, I just skied for my high school, um, kind of all four years and, and did some, some kind of Eastern cups and other local races with, uh, main winter sports. Um, but was really split between that and running and a lot of other things and, um, you know, saw reasonable success, but, um, wasn't, you know, competing at like the junior national level or anything like that. Um, so after high school, kind of decided that that the sport was, you know, had kind of drawn me in, was super fun, really enjoyed it, um, wanted to, you know, spend some time doing it, you know, a bit more seriously and, and really commit myself to it. So I uh, ended up signing up for the PG program in Sun Valley. Um, so I took a postgrad year there uh, the year after Jake did. And that was actually, yeah, that was the first time I met Jake. Um, my friend uh braden becker and i got in our car and drove out to idaho from maine and showed up in in sun valley with like no idea where we were staying or really what was going on and uh ended up that first night um staying at uh with jake at his parents house um they've been since then continued to be super supportive but at that point they uh yeah they let uh braden and i um stay there while we were kind of getting our feet underneath us and, and looking for housing. Um, so that was the first day in Sun Valley was also the first day where, that I met Jake, uh, very brief meeting. Um, he was, he left for Bowdoin the next day. Um, but yeah, ever since then, uh, just, you know, had a great year in Sun Valley and then kept going back over the summers, um, to train. Uh, they always had a great training group and, um, Jake was always a part of that. So, that was really how Jake and I, you know, started to, to know each other and, and, you know, kind of form the bonds of friendship through those, those summers of training and, you know, the shared kind of Nordic experience. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then I after so after that post-grad year, I went to Middlebury college for four years and, and skied and had a great time there as well. So, yeah.
0: Um, and I think it's, it's nice to start seeing, uh, programs that are kind of like integrating athletes into their elite teams. Um, and you know, I, I, know Crosscut does that and there's sort of more and more programs where you're seeing more, more of that. Um, can you talk about your experiences with the SBS SV, uh, SVSEF gold team and why that's been a good fit for you and, and whether that's like something that you think about or, um, or if it's just sort of natural at this point.
1: Um, yeah, for me, it's like, uh, it's super natural to be like skiing with the gold team. It's the team that like, it's the pro team that I always saw, um, growing up. And like, it was super cool to be a junior on the Sun Valley team and, and see the gold team, like so close and like skiing so fast. And it was like, you know, people, people from that era, like, uh, Simi or, yeah. Simi was on the gold team for a while. Um, Mikey Sanat and Matt Gelso And uh, yeah, they were, they were kind of like these, you know, celebrities that were uh, just like out training on the Lake Creek trails. And it was, so for me, like joining the gold team and doing that is, is, you know, very at once very cool and also very natural. Um, it just felt like, you know, the team that I wanted to do this um, to do this with and, And obviously the, the support that I've gotten, um, has been phenomenal. Um, it's, it's super cool to, to like really be a part of the team. Um, but like be able to focus on, on like a very different race circuit than the rest of the team. Um, so yeah, so it's been a good fit for sure.
0: Do you want to talk, uh, how, how the fit is for you in terms of, um, just supporting your own career independently as well, Sam?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, the Sun Valley program really can't say and uh, un- yeah enough good things about it. Um, it's been since the post-grad year and then all those summers training there, it's really become, you know, my second home and and being able to be out there um, in training with, we have a, just a great group of people out there this year, um, super fun, fun training group. And Chris Mallory just runs a great program. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, with Jake being able to just seamlessly join the team, um, just shows kind of like the depth of, uh, trust that that program has in Jake, <laughs> you know, he's been there for so long that like it was, you know, it was an immediate yes from, from all the coaches and it was a very obvious fit. Um, and I think that that's really cool. And, and I think that they were all, you know, so excited to kind of support this, this new avenue of, of, you know, competitive skiing at, at you know, the highest level. Um, so I think, you know, that's just an exciting thing for any pro team is the opportunity to kind of expand and, you know, support athletes and, you know, any number of different directions that they may go, um, outside of just like the fifth world cup, you know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other options and avenues. So I think that, you know, that's really cool that, that Sun Valley was, was so excited and, and ready to to take on that challenge. And Yeah they've been great throughout
0: it. Yeah. Um, and Jake, you kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but just the, the kind of evolution of, I I imagine there's, there's a significant learning curve for both parties in terms of working together as an athlete guide pairing. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you can talk a little bit about like, uh, what that, what that communication is like in terms of like, um how you benefit from having a guide versus racing independently um, which you've also done you you continue to do you raced at u.s nationals um, and you raced independently i imagine for most of your development um mm-hmm. time period so as you're kind of learning to work with a guide like what do you see as some of the benefits of that like what are kind of the most valuable parts of that um, and then, how do you kind of establish that communication um, and and kind of develop that as you're working with different guides? Because um, you have yep. had kind of a number of different guides.
1: Yeah. So yeah, skiing with a guide is is all about you know using, basically using another skier to be able to ski as fast as possible um, around a course. So, you know, Sam is is here um, to. Um, really like pace the race for me, so I don't need to think about that too much. Um, and then he's, you know, he's a very good skier, um, very talented. So, um, you know, him skiing, what we- like technically well around a course, um, really uh, n- inspires. Isn't the qu- right the qu- quite the quite the right word? Excuse me, but, um. To like see him ski well, um, kind of you know tricks me into into like following the lead, um, and like skiing technically well around you know through transitions, around corners, stuff like that. Um, and then obviously um, drafting is another is another big thing. So um, what we have you know tried to tried to do throughout the training season is is figure out how to really comfortably ski together um, like as a unit um, and do that consistently around a course, um, through all different types of terrain. Um, so like for instance, today we were out, um, training for, um, a classic sprint tomorrow. Um, courses in Lillehammer are, um, pretty aggressive with like hills, um, turns and downhills. Um, and there are, there are some like rolling sections that are, that are very fast on the downhills and we're, we were out there, you know, skiing sections, of course, multiple times to try and figure out, you know, how can we move through this the fastest to get like together, um, versus like when I'm skiing by myself, it's, you know, it's a little bit more cut and dry, um, a little bit simpler of a problem, um, because, you know, you don't have another skier in front of you. That's, that's trying to help you win the race. Um, so yeah, those, Um, that's kind of, you know, figuring out how to ski comfortably with someone and do that consistently is, has been the, the evolution of this whole, like skiing with a guide journey for me. Yeah.
0: Are there specific rules about kind of how close you need to be to one another? And, um, just like in terms of the communication, like, is there any, are there any guidelines or rules that you have to be following while you're out there?
1: Um, no, the rules are pretty loose. Um, you don't actually need to ski with a guide at all. Um, that's obviously not a, not really a winning strategy. Um, because you know, you can gain seconds from, from drafting, from, from all the things that, that guiding provides. Um, but yeah, there's Sam can ski kind of as far ahead of me as he wants. Um, but yeah, we we try to keep that pretty tight, like it mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, guides can cut corners. Um, you can have multiple guides. It's it's a it's kind of the wild west a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> but uh, we we keep it pretty simple. Um, I have you know Sam is my guide, um, and yeah, barring any sickness or anything, that's that's how it's going to be. Um, so yeah, we're you're just working on you know the the simple things um, and trying to execute on those well to to be able to ski fast um,
0: yeah. and how much sure how well you are you able to communicate during the races about like like if if you're having a tough day and you're just like not not feeling good in a certain section you're not feeling good on the climbs whatever it is or vice versa if Sam is having an off day and maybe is having trouble you know staying in front or or, or leading the way that you need him to like what What is that communication like? And um, yeah, how do you kind of like plan, do do you kind of like think through what what some of those scenarios would be like in advance and how -hmm. does that work?
1: Yeah, well, luckily Sam hasn't had an off day yet. So we haven't, we'll let you know, we'll (laughs) come back to you if that ever happens. Hopefully not. We Um,
2: haven't had to deal with that one yet, but um, yeah, but for for understanding kind of what Jake needs um, as far as pacing, uh, you know, we might kind of talk before the race about what he he's looking to, you know, how he's looking to start the race. If he's feeling good, then, you know, we might just go out there and, and kind of start hammering and, and see how it goes. Um, you know, sometimes he's feeling a little more fatigued and and wants to work into it. So we'll try to, you know, kind of taper and, and, and work our way into it rather than just going from the gun. Um, but I really, I use a couple different kind of cues to understand like where Jake's at, um because the less that he has to actually verbally communicate, the better, right. The more that he can just really focus on skiing a really smooth, good race, um, the better. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll be able just to tell from, you know, glances over the shoulder, like really quick kind of checks behind me. Um, if he's, if he's struggling, I might, you know, try to push over the top of a hill or, or ski some transition a little harder. And, you know, on days where Jake's really firing, he'll be the, right there with me, and then I'll know. Okay, we can you know we can surge a little here and and try to try to push. Um, on days where he's maybe not feeling quite as as snappy, uh, you know, I'll see a little bit of separation form, and I'll just I'll wait for him, and and you know, we'll try to we'll try to you know work into it and and hopefully get there at some point. Um, but the uh, yeah, I think the key to it all though is just. Um, a lot of time skiing together. So really understanding where Jake's fitness is at and, you know, what his, his comfortable race pace is. And, um, so understanding, you know, okay, how am I feeling? I've spent enough time skiing intervals and long days and races with Jake that, you know, I can kind of relay that to, okay, probably where Jake's at. Um, and then, and then it's just observation. And then occasionally maybe once or twice throughout a race, um, there may be a verbal, you know, like, Hey, you're gapping me here. Right. You know, I may have pushed a little too hard and a gap may have opened up. Um, Or, you know, Jake may say, you know, let's, this is a spot where we can go. You know, I'm feeling good. Let's, let's put the hammer down. Um, Which is, yeah, which is always fun to hear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's interesting. The, the only sections where he, you know, if, if it's a fast flat, you know, double pole or V2 section, he can really tuck in and, and hang out and I can really be working hard on the front. So, you know, that's where, um, that's where I kind of uh, stop thinking about what Jake's going through and just try to focus on, on getting through that section of course about as quickly as I can Um, because I know that he's getting the benefit of that draft, especially on like a faster icy day. And uh, in that, you know, he's actually going to be recovering pretty well back there, even if I'm, you know, redlining it off the front. Um, so that's always, that's a cool moment though. Cause that's, that's a lot of free speed for Jake. Um, so that's, that's a good thing to, to try yeah. to hammer. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But,
0: and you mentioned that you guys have known each other since 2014. Um, when did you start actually working together as athlete and guide versus kind of just being teammates and friends and yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Six months ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... So I was uh, not skiing for a couple of years, um, living in San Francisco, um, kind of doing doing career things, I guess. Um, and then um, it was the pandemic early, like very early days of the pandemic. And I, I came home um, thinking that I would be home for two weeks. Um, and then I... Yeah, it was just hanging around skiing a little bit. Cause it was like still April. And then, um, Sam was kind of conveniently, yeah. inconveniently homeless. Um, <laughs>
2: without it, not, not so much homeless as without, a, <laughs> without, without, a, a home. without a home to,
1: to go, to come back to in Sun Valley. Yeah. Um, he was out of town. So yeah, we, um, uh, my parents, um, again, saved, saved his hour yeah. <laughs> day. Um, but yeah, Sam came to live with with us, um, and I was just kind of casually. This was like two years ago, almost now. So I was like kind of casually training um, with the with Sam and with the gold team, um, just just purely for fun, um, and because I I wasn't up to much else um, during during like lockdown and and all of that. So yeah, I I kind of got a little bit back into shape by accident. Um, and then yeah it kind of came time to decide or to like figure out what I wanted to do in the future um, and then I um, ended up in Soldier Hollow with the para team for a week and then things kind of progressed from there. Um, I eventually decided through through a lot of conversations with a lot of people um, Sam was a big one of those but that I wanted to ski um, and he, Uh, it was like, well, yeah, kind of, do you want to, do you want to do this together? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, that was, that was last March-ish. Um, and then, yeah, started working, um, on skiing together pretty much then. Um,
0: yeah. Um, something I think is really cool about this like your your friendship, your partnership, um, is it? It really seems like kind of a different level of teamwork than what uh, you see traditionally in cross country skiing. You know, it's like cross country skiing is a team sport because you're training together and you have common goals. But when you're racing, it feels like very individual. Even if it's you know you've got relays, you've got team sprints, but even so, it's sort of like you're racing for yourself in that moment. Um, whereas with you guys, when you're racing together, it just seems like a, a really different level of, of partnership. Um, and can you talk about just the importance of that relationship in terms of like, it seems like there needs to be a lot of like mutual respect and, and trust um, and consistency and, and things like that. And that you would maybe also kind of benefit from knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. And maybe Jake, since you have kind of worked with different guides in the past, like, is there something about this particular partnership, um, that you really value, whether that's, um, you know, specific strengths that Sam might have with skiing, um, or outside of skiing and and just kind of what that, uh, yeah, what that has been like.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is, um, kind of unlike, like cross-country skiing, um in able body races it's a it's totally a team sport here that we're doing um which is it's super fun and uh really gratifying um so yeah that's that's a that's a great part of of skiing with a guide um and then something about Sam that <laughs> man he's uh <laughs> um he keeps it light i would say um it's it's been great to um kind of go into this having been friends before um cuz they're like basically entering this this like you know team situation um there were no like initial communication barriers that needed to be removed um nothing like that we were we were already so close and such tight friends that we like we knew how to talk to each other um and it was pretty easy to figure out how to like talk to each other about about skiing um together fast um so that was that was fairly natural and then yeah i think we're both we're both kind of um committed to the bit i would say um so i don't know we 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 keep it we try to keep it fun funny um we probably think that we're the funniest people but <laughs> i'm sure that I, not. i'm certain that that's yeah. not true <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's it's honestly great um it it keeps you know the the stress levels lower um and yeah we we're it it i think it kind of lets us know where each other are at you know um yeah it's a it's a good way to communicate (laughs) it it has worked (laughs) it has served us well i would say
0: no it's sorry i was just gonna ask it in terms of you know having been parts of other teams before and then things like that um like do you feel a difference in kind of like the success like this week winning a gold medal with Jake, right. And, and another medal with Jake, like experiencing that kind of success as a team, does that feel different than, you know, having a really good weekend um, with the Middlebury team or, or with your Sun Valley team or um, just other mm-hmm. team race experiences that you've had?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, well, it's such a different uh, race experience for, for me, at least. Um having it be a, a, totally, um, kind of, well, I, let, let me, I'm going to start this over. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's a very different race experience in that I really don't think about my own skiing at all during the race. Right. And, and a normal ski race is uh kind of an internal battle, right. Between, uh, your, your desire to stop hurting and your desire to win. Um, and, in guiding Jake, um, is is all out of my own head. You know, it's all focused on okay, what does Jake need? What's what's the, you know, what's the speed we're going at right now? How does that compare to where I think you know we should be, and and where I think you know he's going to be able to push harder? And it basically becomes a a completely you know, un yeah decentralized experience from you know from what I'm used to. Um, and that's that's a really interesting way to kind of approach e racing where instead of, you know, spending your, your time overanalyzing every aspect of your own race, you are, you are really trying to be out there for someone else and, and perform for someone else. And it's a, it's a total kind of shift away from, from all the past racing I've done. So, um, so when it works, it's, uh, it's really gratifying in a, in a very different way, um, where I'm just happy that I was able to provide a, a very small contribution to Jake's, you know Jake's effort. It's, I can't, I can't, you know, I at no point can I pull him across the finish line. Right. Like he's, he's doing it himself and, and it's just, you know, I just try to perform, um, to the kind of plan that we've made, uh, in, you know, the days leading up to that race. Um, you know, I, I try to know what I need to do. Um, and then, you know, when, when we win a medal together, um, that's, yeah, that's a, just like. I mean it's it's such an amazing feeling to just be there with with such a close friend and and have that moment of of knowing that you know you did your little part right and like and 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 it means you know a lot to to Jake and also to like the larger community um and so to yeah you know to have that that small part in that is is pretty awesome and you know to work hard at a, at work worth doing is is very cool and I haven't you know, in the past racing, um, it's, it's never quite felt so, yeah, so meaningful, um, or, you know, important. I don't know. So this is, yeah, it's just a very different experience.
0: And I also want to ask you about, um, balancing your own goals and race schedules with, you know, guiding Jake, um, and what that, I know, you know, in coming back from, you uh, retirement essentially that maybe this wasn't like last year when you were setting goals, this wasn't necessarily on your mind for this year. Um, mm-hmm. but when you are kind of, you know, sitting down, looking at race schedules, uh, communicating about the overall season in terms of, you know, key races where it's going to be a priority for you to be with Jake versus setting your own independent goals, um, for racing, what does that look like?
2: Yeah. I'm You know, luckily this year, um, the schedules were pretty compatible, uh, which was nice. Um, so there, I, there were definitely some races like Jake was up in Canmore and I wasn't able to be there and, you know, that was too bad, but, um, generally, uh, and, you know, and then we missed, um, like the sun Valley super tour to be out here, but, um, but yeah, I I think that, you know, I, I knew that I was really invested in this. Um, you know, once kind of Jake had made this decision, I knew that it was a really exciting opportunity that, uh, that was going to provide, you know, an experience that I would never get, um, you know, by myself, right. Like the, the opportunity to be at the highest level with like your best friend, uh, competing together. Like that's just, you know, for me, that's always kind of what Nordic skiing has been about, which is like, you know creating shared goals with people you care about and then, and then working really hard to achieve those. Um, and professional skiing is, is great. And like the team dynamics are always fun, but it's, it's very individual. Um, you know, you, you're kind of succeeding or failing as an individual. So this was a way to like kind of one last time, really, uh, you know, get a chance to engage with, with the, 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 you know, the teamwork side of this, this sport that, um, that I think is so important. Um, so I, I knew immediately that it was something that I was willing to, you know, sacrifice some amount of my own racing for, and, and, you know, put a lot and put effort and time into, but also I think that overall it's made me a a better skier and that's the goal. (laughs) Like that's always been the goal with my, with my own racing is just to like, try to put together really, really good, you know, solid races um and and this has made me so much more aware of my technique and my transitions and all these little things that i try to do better so that jake can can ski the fastest race he can that just bleeds over to my own skiing and, and i kind of realized that early on and so i saw the benefit um you know for for my own racing um and and yeah and you know i had i have you know individual goals but at this point in the season, it's definitely, you know, we're, we're coming up on Beijing and, and, you know, this is, uh, this is definitely the, the focus at this point now is, is, you know, competing with, with Jake at this level is um, yeah. is just so exciting and so unique that uh, yeah, it's definitely been a, uh, an easy, uh, an easy balance to strike, I guess. Yeah. Between the two.
0: And Jake, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know, so the, the Canmore races that Sam just mentioned, um, you raced with Sydney Hamilton, um, and in the past, uh, maybe before your retirement, can you you talk a little bit about the process of, of finding a guide and some of the challenges there in terms of somebody who can ski at the level that you need, but maybe is also a, a good fit in terms of that, like, race style, communication, some of the stuff that you guys have been talking about?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been very lucky to, to kind of, you know, fall into three, three very good guiding situations with, with the three people that I've worked with, um, Sawyer and, uh, Reed were both, um, like they were, you know, looking at the year immediately after their like retirement from their own, like individual ski careers and, you know, trying to figure out what they wanted to do, um, and then were approached by actually not me, but by, you know, coaches of mine um, and asked if they would want to guide. And, you know, those were, those were good situations. Um, But uh, since they were, you know, not really focusing on their own skiing anymore, they weren't, they weren't skiing as much as Sam is now. Um, And so this time around this cycle, um, has been a lot better for for like learning how to ski together um just because we've spent like so many training i mean like a full a full summer's worth of of training together um so just like roller skiing behind sam skiing behind sam in a tunnel um skiing behind sam all around the world really more <laughs> and yeah um and it, yeah it's just um created this pretty natural feeling of of like skiing in a, as a team, um, in a, as one single unit. So, yeah.
0: Um, and you already kind of talked about this a little bit, but with retiring after the 2018 games, um, and then you were living in San Francisco, working for Uber, I believe as an engineer. Um, and can you talk a little bit about, yeah, your decision to step away and then, um, as you've kind of made this decision to come back, just sort of what what those decisions were and then um just the role that sport has played in your life in between. Like were you kind of like completely removed from skiing? Were you still staying in touch with skiing and just what has that all looked like?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um after the 2018 season wrapped up, I I was pretty like comfortable with what I'd done in skiing. Um You know, I, I loved it like throughout the entire time that I'd done it. And I was, I was really happy with, with where I was and was, you know, in this like place of, of like, I would say comfort, I guess. Um, And, and like felt comfortable enough to, to step away from it, which is kind of a, a weird thing to wrap my head around at this point in my life. Um, but, yeah, I, I stepped away, um, you know, moved out to a big city, which was a big, um, big shift for me and um, was a little bit disconnected with with skiing. I was really only, you know, doing it when I was coming home to Sun Valley, which was frequent enough. But, um, you know, while I was while I was out in the Bay Area, I wasn't really doing I wasn't really getting to Tahoe as much as I would have liked, I think. Um, and then yeah, I, you know, I was still looking for outlets. I was running a lot, um, trying to, you know, put together some, some races there. Um, but nothing was really adding or like comparing to, to what skiing had given me in the past. So, um, when I, when I came home and, and started, you know, getting out and like doing casual roller skis, it was, um, it felt like supernatural. Um, and I, I was like, I was so stuck in this mindset that I wasn't going to go back to skiing that like this was, I I had like fully convinced myself that all of this was like just for fun. Um, and you know, I, I really believe that. I don't think that anyone around me really believed that. (laughs) Um, but I was, I was just out, you know, doing like, sessions with like parts of the gold team early mornings before work. And like, just, that was, you know, my recreation time. And, uh, I'm since I'm such, I don't know, I consider like the gold team to be like a lot of my, you know, closest friends right now. Um, and so getting out with friends was just like what it was all about for me. I mean, that's, that's how the sport started for me. So, um, that's kind of that's kind of how I was you know reintroduced um brought back in and then yeah when by the time it you know it was time to decide what I wanted to do it was like it was pretty clear that I was gonna have fun skiing um and doing another competitive season and that's that's kind of what motivated the comeback for me
0: I want to get into this this week's races a little bit um and uh, in particular you know you're winning the first race of um of worlds and um I'm hoping before we maybe talk about the race itself can you explain um for people who aren't familiar with some of the the categories and how the timing works for visually impaired athletes um and seating can you just explain um you know, what what your category is and how I think it's sort of based on which category you're in a percentage of your time is what's recorded. So can you kind of explain how that works?
1: Yeah. So for visually impaired skiing, um, there, there are three, um, classifications. Um, so, uh, based on, based on how much vision each athlete has, um, I'm in a class, uh, it's called a B three. Um, it's basically, it's the, the class that has the most vision of the three. Um, and then it steps down. Um, there's a B two, which is in the middle and then a B one. Um, those athletes are completely blind and for each class, there's a, there's a factor time. So, um, for B threes, my class, it's a hundred percent of your race time. Um, B twos is ninety nine percent, so they don't have much of a handicap, and then um, B ones have an eighty eight percent factor time. So eighty eight percent of their race time, eighty eight percent of their time on course, is what their race time is ends up being. Um, So it's it makes for pretty interesting racing. Um, You kind of get. you know, you get back splits, um, on like different classes, um, that can end up being like, you know, two and a half K back splits, which are pretty big. Um, but it, it definitely adds a a different fact or a different dynamic to, to ski racing. Um, pretty interesting, I would say. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask about that in terms of like, as, as that race specifically is playing out, like do you have a sense of like, you know, it's going really well, we're, we're crushing this, like, this is, you know, we're, we're in the lead. um, Or is it more of like, you don't know until the finish and everybody else is finished? Um, How does that?
2: You're getting, you're getting splits that are, that are accounting for the factor. Um, so, so you're the, you know, the coaches, our, our coaches are out on course. Um, so we, we're getting, you know, very accurate splits that are accounting for, you know, whether they're a B1 with an 88% factor or a B3 with a hundred percent. Um, so we have an idea, but it's, it's definitely, you know, if we could start behind someone and we could, you know, fly by them on an uphill, Um, And they could actually be beating us. Right. So it's a little counterintuitive from, you know, your normal, uh, yeah, like super tour race where if you're out there and you're just feeling like you're, you know, ripping by everyone, you know, you're having a good day. Um, it's a little bit different, but we can, I think, you know, you can still tell when you're moving well versus when you're not, you know, and, and when you're really skiing something well, um, and with those splits too, you, you, you know, when it's a battle and, all of these races so far ad world champs have been uh you know reasonably close um you know getting pretty competitive splits that did, you know put the pressure on right yeah. where you're like okay well we're, we got to either defend this lead or we got to make up this you know this gap and um so yeah you you know that you're in the race and you kind of know where you stand and um so the factors really aren't i mean they're apparent if you're watching but but for, uh, for an athlete out on course, just getting splits, um, it's, it's not really noticeable. Yeah. It feels very much like your average ski race.
0: And in terms of these races specifically, like, uh, was, is there anything that kind of stands out about those races in terms of like, just things that really came together for you or, um, yeah, it's, this has been your most successful world championships and, uh, yeah, just some of your, it seems like best results at this level um so is you know when you're thinking through thinking back on those races like are there things that stand out in terms of everything clicking and and things going well or uh yeah
1: yeah yeah. in the classic race um well uh, we did have the benefit of having great skis um which was sweet um always love a day when when techs nail kick um uh, it just makes skiing super fun. But I think that day we were just, um, skiing pretty smoothly. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a pretty fast race out there, but, um, we, you know, get into these uphills and Sam would set the rhythm for some like really strong classics riding. And I would just, you know, try and settle in and, you know, get comfortable, um, you know herding up those hills and just you know following his stride um and that that's kind of how we won the race i would say um, yeah just you know really consistent and
2: yeah really good yeah. really good striding that day i mean that was one of those days where you know when we're talking about how i kind of check in with jake throughout a race it's it was one of those days where i could kind of start up a hill and, and kind of build into it and, and feel and see that Jake was, was with me the entire way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, nice. Like we we're really moving today. And then, you know, it was fun. Cause we could, we could really dig out there and, and, you know, really crush some, some good classic striding. And again, the skis were great, which always makes <laughs> that easier. But, um, yeah. And I mean, that was, that was a fun day where, um, I think it, you know, we paced it well and, uh, you know, things, things unfolded pretty, uh, pretty smoothly and you know we we skied together really well and you know then the skate day was a good day for us as well ended up third but definitely one of those days where oh you know feeling a little bit more sluggish just through some trains end up with a gap by the bum um so that was trying to manage those gaps a little bit more it wasn't quite as so overall yeah things have been have been going well. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So yeah, one of my last questions is, um, you know, in your you guys have obviously had a very successful week, but also the entire para team has had an incredibly successful full week. Um, and it it seems like, the, the team is kind of steadily growing across the various categories and you've got some incredibly decorated, well-decorated athletes like Oksana Masters and, and Kendall Gretsch and and Dan Lawson. Um, and I'm hoping you can kind of speak a little bit about just the, the culture of the program and, and maybe what you identify as some of the factors that have kind of contributed to this success and, um, and growth over the last several years.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah first uh, say it, it's it's awesome to to be here skiing well for for ourselves but it's it's really really cool um, to be able to you know share share successful days with with the rest of the team um, and and see them skiing as well as they, um, it's it's yeah it makes it so much more fun um, to like, be on a podium when, when you know that someone else, you know, on your team has like got them experience that day. Um, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, the, the team has obviously done well, um, at this championships and has done well over the last, you know, four or five years, um, and, and really progressed from, from when I first joined it, um, in Sochi for the 2014 games. And I think you know a large, like the, um, that the that the, the team is casting. I think the development programs are a lot stronger than they used to be. Um, but then I I w- a ton of it I've got to say is is thanks to the coaching staff that is just like, you know, so dedicated to to making a high performance team. Um. And they're, you know, they're trying to do everything that they can to, to help us get on these metal stands. And it's, it's paid off, I would say. Um, it, yeah, it's just come from, you know, years of, of diligent work with, um, you know, getting a strong, getting strong techs, um, getting fast skis, and then supporting the team in, in any way possible um, to, to help us achieve these goals. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And Sam, um, as somebody who maybe has not been involved in the Paris, the para world, um, as directly for quite as long, like, what are, what are some of your takeaways from this week in terms of just seeing that team dynamic and, um, yeah, just, and just seeing the level that the the teams performing at and, and what are, yeah, what are some of your takeaways from this week?
2: Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, definitely not been here very long and and you know i've had the benefit of going to a couple camps now with the para team and and spending a lot of time um you know in germany and in and, and, uh canmore and now here uh with the team and they're always uh, it just you know, the coaching staff is unapologetically uh ambitious right which is just such a good tone to set for any team um and you know that was something that i think Jake and I both realized when he kind of came back to this sport and, and, you know, I was decided to be his guide was uh, like, we're not coming back just to, you know, have a fun season, even though we will, <laughs> we're coming back, you know, to, to try. And, get and that's what this team is, you know, there's so many aspects to it, but you know, they are, they are, un, you know, unapologetically uh, interested in performance. And, and I think that's a really fun way to like, just you know start talking about ski racing is like oh hey yeah, like how are we going to win you know like that's a great conversation to have on day one i think i think and that's an infectious attitude and i think that that um you know is is what uh yeah is really what like has defined this team at this at these these races at least is just like ah oh, yeah like let's get on that podium and and you know let's uh, let's make it happen um and and that's always been i think for for me like watching these athletes um who have been around for a while, like Oksana and Kendall and Dan. Um, I mean, these guys compete in summer and, you know, winter, uh, you know, Olympics, they're, they're multi-sport athletes at the highest level. I mean, they're really, no one else is doing what they do. Like it's, it's really inspiring and amazing, um, to watch and, and they are, you know, really true professionals and have, you know, the medals to, to back that up. So, I think for Jake and I to come in, um, you know, Jake after his retirement to come into that, that team where it's like, oh yeah, like this is kind of the the benchmark, right? Like this is what we're, we're in the
1: business of winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Like, you know, it's, it, it was, it was exciting and it was cool. And, and, you know, I think we both had the, the belief that, that Jake was at a, in a really good place and and was going to be able to compete at that high level. And, to have that echoed back to us by the the coaching staff and by our fellow athletes, like that's made it so much easier, right. Yeah. <laughs> to have that belief and have that, um, you know, infrastructure around you. Um, that's, that's dedicated and set up for your success. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's unlike, um, you know, any other team I've been a part of and just that, uh, really like not overly aggressive, but just fun and excited commitment to winning, you know, um, yeah, I think that's, it's a, it's a really hard balance to strike and they do it pretty effortlessly. So that's been nice.
0: Um, last thing I have for you is just, uh, what's next. So, um, I think you guys have a race on deck tomorrow. Um, but then what, I know there's another world cup, I think in a a week in Ostersund, um, and then, uh, Paralympics beginning or start at the beginning of March. So can you kind of talk through just what's left in the season for you guys and, uh, maybe what some of the goals are?
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, for both of us, actually, we aren't headed to Ostersund, Sweden. Um, we're going to head back over to the States. Um, for me, I'm going straight home, uh, to Sun Valley, get back up to altitude, um, acclimate, fit in, um, fit in one final training block and a taper, um, uh, before heading to Beijing. Um, and also race the Boulder mountain tour cause it's maybe the most, fun race (laughs) (laughs) um and then sam is headed to uh the uh, two eastern super tours um Mm -hmm. straight from here so he'll be out there competing um you know looking looking for wins
2: yeah yeah go do some racing in lake Placid and craftsbury and we also we have two um well we have two races left here that we can't forget about uh one tomorrow and one the next day (laughs) so we have a classic sprint tomorrow uh, and then a team relay on, uh, on Sunday yeah. and then we'll fly out Monday and yeah, get a little bit more racing in, but then, you know, a lot of, uh, mid to late February. I mean, that's all kind of games prep. And then we fly out at the end of February. Um, and then we're in Beijing and the, the goals there are to, to win. Yeah. Just about everything we can, you know, <laughs> We don't like to discriminate with the winning. Oh, I think yeah. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Is there anything I didn't ask that I uh, I should have?
1: Um. Not that I can think of.
2: Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, no, I would just tell. I would just tell you know any washed-up skiers to uh, go into guiding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have there to include go.
0: that. <laughs> awesome Um, thank you guys both so much for taking the time to do this um especially you know midweek with with two more races uh on deck i really appreciate your time and uh yeah i'm psyched to follow along for the last couple days and the rest of your seasons awesome thank you thank you you so much thanks for listening and thanks again to concept two for supporting this podcast